your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam is going to come. He's going to join me. He's not going to come in here. He's going to join me on the phone in nine minutes or so. We'll see how much news Brad has to do. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you have questions for Ken Gilliam, you can text me those questions. We could try to get those over the phone, too, if possible. So 608-785. I'll turn that on so I can actually read the text, too. Although a lot of times we get to talking and I don't read the text till the end. So get them in early. Get them in beforehand. Um. Yeah, Ken's texting me uh, his game plan right now. Fourth of July coming up, so, you know, get the fire chief on and ask him how many uh, snakes he's going to set off on, on July 4th. We can get the rundown on just what exactly you can and can't do in the city of La Crosse when it comes to fireworks and see if Ken has any any stories. I would say funny stories, but usually firework stories don't end all that funny. Um, other things we could talk about the, uh, the, the, the what, what I guess would be the canceled $36 million law enforcement center. Um, and then the idea that the lacrosse fire department is trying to update and rebuild and build, not rebuild, I guess, uh, fire stations. They want fire stations. So where are we at with that? Kind of a dilemma too, right? This, and I think we'll talk to Ken about this, but cost of building stuff's a little expensive right now. So how do we, how do we, you know, do we put some of this on hold? I mean, the, the fire stations are 80 plus year. One of those is 80 plus years old. What's another year, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I think that's a that's kind of a dilemma. I think a lot of people are. We talked to uh, a realtor yesterday. That's that's a dilemma in the housing market. It's a dilemma in the Rick Solom wants to fix his shower market. I need a tile guy. These guys are busy. But maybe you're not busy because you're not building anything. I got the tile. Anyone know a tile guy? Um, also, my refrigerator still broke. Still, I, I was on hold with LG for the half hour before the show, thinking, yeah, maybe I'll get through because it's only been a month since, you know what happens when you, your refrigerator bur- is broke, but it's under warranty? So that part in there, which you have no idea, that's what's broke. So that part in there that's under warranty, you're ho- you hope, right? Because maybe it's another part, maybe it's a hose, and they're like, that part's not under warranty, so you got to pay for the person to come out and fix it and the part and uh, all the trouble. Um. But you got to go through the, the 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 warranty, right? So they uh, they they hooked me up with a third party to fix the fridge. That third party uh, scheduled an appointment two weeks out. I said two weeks isn't really going to be is going to fly for me. But LG didn't reply to that email or text or call. Uh, the two weeks came that that uh, that company was going to fix my fridge. Canceled the day before. Then rescheduled me for three weeks out. Rescheduled me for July 2nd. What's everyone doing on July 2nd? (laughs) 
probably not hanging out at home waiting for a refrigerator. And what are the odds that the uh, repairman's going to come the day before July 4th weekend on a Friday right before July 4th weekend? I, I would imagine a lot of you have that Friday off. I think we have that Monday off, but a lot of I bet a lot of people just have the Friday off. So I'm not holding out hope. So I've been on uh, on hold with LG all day today. A lot of the days leading up to this and still no restitution. <laughs> super fun. Super fun. I'm going to have to call at 8 and just start, it, start the dilemma at 8 in the morning and go from there. I'm venting. I'm sorry I'm venting, but this is the thing that I was just put through the ringer for again. Uh, and they hung up on me as the, as the clock clicked over to 5 p.m. And I'm like, man, they better get all get i better get a hold of this because i'm on hold someone better pick up the line here so i can at least tell them i have to hang up and then they just hang, hung up on me so it's been great it's been a great time it's been a great month no no uh, shower and no refrigerator tile guy somebody 608-785-7914 who wants to uh retile my shower floor it has to be waterproof they have no idea how to do it tiling kind of kind of an easy thing right but the the whole shower leaking i mean that's why i'm in this dilemma anyway uh what what kind of things do we want to talk to ken gilliam about besides new fire stations fourth of july a 36 million dollar law enforcement center that's not on the table um i thought i would bring up um just uh the, also like the the lacrosse fire department to build is our building inspectors right some of them are on a dive team some are um emts and i think some of them are building inspectors i think that's like the three things that they can, you know, along with being a fireman, you can also do these things. And uh, if we look at that that condo, did you see video of that condo that collapsed in Florida? It was giant. Um, not like that's going to happen here, but just like how does that even happen? The, the building inspector, did they just forget that one? Um, all right, so let's take a break here. Brad's got to do the news, and then we'll bring on Fire Chief Ken Gilliam back after this on Wizard. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Sorry, Ken. Ken Gilliam, Fire Chief, is on hold with me. Uh, Mark, had, Mark called, uh, and he was he was walking me through what do I what I need to do to, to replace uh, my shower. i got to fix my shower. That's important stuff, Rick. <laughs> yeah, good thing the building inspector isn't coming around. you got a big... Actually, they would have probably caught the fact that my uh, garage was had a big water stain on it, and if you look up, the shower is right above there. So, I'm sure any construction work you're doing, you're pulling a permit and following all the rules. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I didn't know you had to do that to uh, to uh, put some new floorboards in. Um, all right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what? what, what, what hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. What did you think? I'm in. I'm in Minnesota. You got no jurisdiction over me, Gilliam. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't th- think there's any rules in Minnesota coming from there. I, no, no, whatever no. Um, I, I did mention Just this, and, and tell me if this is if I'm wrong. So when uh, you have you have your firemen, and then those guys they they also pick like another task. I guess I don't know what to call it. Another duty with the fire department. Some of them are building inspectors, some of them are EMTs, and some of them are on the dive team. Sure. Yeah. So the fire department oversees uh, building uh, building inspectors that aren't firefighters. They do a lot of the design review and permitting processes, but all of our firefighters uh, are on different special operations teams. 
Uh, each of our fire officers on the crossfire actually does building inspections. It's pretty common for fire departments to go out and do fire and life safety inspections. Uh, we actually get money from the state to do that that helps uh, generate revenue for the fire department. And uh, pretty much every every fire engine that you see out there, there's an officer on it that does uh, biannual inspections of all the commercial occupancies in town. Uh, beyond that, our, our firefighters are also uh, on different specialty teams. Uh, we've got four specialty, our special operations teams, essentially. Uh, one is uh, hazardous materials. One is dive and water rescue. Uh, one is tactical EMS, working with our uh, police's emergency response team. And then the other one is the uh, uh, urban search and rescue. And about 20 of our members are part of the statewide uh, Wisconsin Task Force One, the, the, the bigger uh, urban search and rescue collapse task force, like you're kind of seeing on the story you mentioned down in Florida going on right now. Yeah, that, that condo that collapses. It, I don't know how much you've read about that, but it just seems kind of crazy that a uh, uh, you know, like I, and I don't, I don't know a whole a ton of, about it, but you know, uh, I don't, I don't think any building's going to get to that dilapidated, that dilapidated in Lacrosse where it's just going to collapse like that. No, and I, I think there's, there's undoubtedly more to the story there. I certainly today I want to be respectful. There's still uh, people alive trapped in the rubble that the rescuers are searching for, as well as certainly fatalities when you've got destruction that large. Um, I've been uh, catching a little bit of it on the news today. Um, I know that neighborhood well. I've got friends that live within a block of there, and it's uh, it's a very nice part of town. I don't think it's anything to do with codes. I'm guessing there's either uh, something massively structurally wrong or something else happened there. So we'll certainly see as the investigation unfolds what happened with that. Uh, that's just a, a true tragedy in progress there right now. All right. So we'll run away from that just because, <laughs> like you said, it's it's a ongoing and it's a tragedy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have too much stick while they're uh, digging for uh, humans that are still stuck in a building right now. I, I think uh, it does pay testament to uh, living in the United States and a lot of the building codes that we do have. I think people wonder why there's you know permits for this and that, and and a lot that goes into design and and structural engineering of buildings and homes. But uh, it's it's out of tragedies like this that they learn from it, and they just keep making the buildings better. So. You you talked about there's there's four like specialties four specialties I, I don't know if you, what did you call them they're they're just uh, you, you're a firemen yeah, special and operations special teams. operations so they're, they're firefighter EMTs and paramedics and then uh, different groups of our personnel uh, choose a special operations group to go work with not not necessarily all of them uh, one of the the uh, tactical EMS folks there's about uh, six or eight of them and and then the other teams are sitting around 20, 20 each so it's not the entirety of the department but uh, they do a tremendous amount of additional training and. Uh, ongoing practice for skills related either, you know, hazardous materials, uh, water rescue operations, or the uh, structural collapse and urban search type of disciplines. Do uh, Does a fireman have to do one of those four things? Do you have to pick that along with uh, being a fireman? No, uh, we've got firefighters that just flat out, you know, firefighter EMTs okay. are different phases of their career, and uh, it, it's a choice. It's a it's a tremendous amount of uh, work and training that people have to do in addition to the normal uh, rigors of the job and training that you, you have to do on a day-to-day basis. So uh, it's usually more of a labor of love. Um, a lot of our people are, are just into different aspects of technical rescue, and, uh, you know, they go down that road and... Um, it's just more of a, a passion or a calling on things they're interested in doing. Uh, some people like doing the rope rescue off the cliffs. Other people like, you know, doing underwater rescue and, and everything in between. So uh, we're fortunate in lacrosse to have a big enough department to, to be able to sustain teams like that and be part of some statewide networks with uh, hazardous materials and the urban search and rescue. Yeah, I was so, going to, um, I, I was going to ask, uh, which, it's good for our people and good for the community. Ultimately, I was going to ask which one of those is harder, but I would imagine, you know, depending on the emergency, one would be really hard. And then the next day, maybe something else would be really hard. But is there, is one of those harder to train for? 
they're all very unique. They all come along with probably a thousand plus hours of additional training that you'll put in on the front end and just ongoing. Um, it, you know, it's, uh, some people like getting into big encapsulated level A suits and going in to deal with ammonia leaks and other things at chemical facilities. Um, others are drawn to the technical rescue aspects like the, the bluff rescues and confined space. It's really, uh, you know, people have to, you know, decide how far they want to go into it. And then the department makes a commitment to supporting those teams. The community, like I said, is certainly fortunate, but our community supports as well in sustaining those teams. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a, it's a great uh, asset for the lacrosse area. The lacrosse dive team had um, training. They had a workshop at the beginning of this week. It was a three-day workshop to work with canines um, and just in water rescues. Do you do you guys have canines when when the, when something arises like that, or do you depend on maybe the lacrosse dive team to bring the canines over? Yeah. So that, that recent media was on the lacrosse uh, county dive team. That's a volunteer group of divers. Um, we do have a, a smaller water rescue group on the city of lacrosse as well. Uh, we, we have uh, probably about 10, 15 divers. I think it's about 12 divers right now. Uh, forgive me if I missed that number. Um, we, uh, we work in partnership with the county dive team. Uh, really uh, years back before I got here, uh, the city of lacrosse started its own, its own dive team and uh, really looking to provide an, an immediate response for water rescues as uh, things turn into long-term recovery, uh, we certainly work with the, the larger lacrosse county dive team on recovery efforts as those things happen. But our water rescue efforts are really focused on, you know, people in the river, uh, saves that we can make when that, within that first hour of a drowning and, and uh, those type of things. Surrounded by water as we are in lacrosse, I think uh, we're, we're pretty uh, heavily outfitted for uh, water rescue teams and boats on not only lacrosse, but a lot of the area fire departments. Yeah, Kevin... Kopoff, he was he was kind of the spokesperson there that day. He said it's it's nice to have both the city and the county dive teams because obviously when something happens in the city, you guys are going to get there right away. Uh, you might even get there faster, being that you're a full time fire department. And then those guys, when stuff happens on the outskirts, they might be there first. Yeah, and Kevin's actually retired captain off of lacrosse, um, and he's uh, it's certainly a good tie for us with, between the city and the county dive team. So. Um, the two groups talk. We try to uh, do some training together, and I, I think um, we still got some room for opportunities to uh, to to uh, get more in sync with each other. But uh, things have been going well, and I'm glad to see they had that uh, canine training come in. Those are those are awesome dogs. They're very specialized, and uh, it's very similar to their training dogs for uh, collapse rescues, like what's going on down in Miami right now with that building. They've undoubtedly got dogs on the pile searching for uh, for human sense. So it's pretty amazing what they're doing these days. No Dalmatians at the Lacrosse Fire Department. No Dalmatians. So. <laughs> yeah, got rid of those once the horses went out, unfortunately. So. Uh, all right, how long do you need, Ken, w- for your fireworks talk? Do you need five minutes, <laughs> or no, do you need more I think, than? Uh, I got five I'm minutes not, here. Uh, I'm not foolish. I guess I can cover it real briefly. Uh, anything within the city limits of lacrosse, if it leaves the ground, it's illegal, um, and and people don't understand that. But uh, you know, as we get into more urban dense areas. Um, as you look at statistics, we see about, uh, you know, 10,000 injuries a year, a lot of burns, um, you know, 45% of those injuries are burns and a lot of burns to eyes and heads and fingers and hands. Um, playing the odds, 64% of them are males and, and about uh, 40% of them are under 15 years of age. So, um, if you're, if you're taking an adult risk and playing with fireworks, I would encourage you not to set your neighbor's house or car on fire. That's always bad practice. Uh, and, it, and technically, it, you know, it is illegal for fireworks to leave the ground. I'm, I'm not uh, dumb enough to not hear it and, and not know that it's going on. But I do urge everybody to please be cautious with it and uh, understand the power and, you know, the value of your fingers and your eyes. 
Now, when you say, and I, I was going to give you five minutes, so we can, I just, we, we can finish up the bottom of the hour here till the bottom of the hour. Um, the, when you say leave the ground, what about, I, and I don't, I'm honestly, Ken, I don't do a whole lot of fireworks, but what about the ones that make really loud, loud noises? I don't know if those literally leave the ground, but like, I would imagine there's some that just stay right on the ground, but create a pretty big bang. I, I would imagine those can't be legal either. Yeah, and if people have questions, they can call into our Division of Community Risk Management ask to speak to one of our fire inspectors, and they can certainly get very specific into the rules. But, you know, things like sparklers, things like uh, spinners and things that sit on the ground, um, we're okay with. Things that are leaving the ground and getting up in the air, bottle rockets, and um, certainly uh, firecrackers and things that uh, pack a lot of punch where people are throwing them and playing with them. You, you know what happens. You're playing with a fuse made uh, on the other side of the planet, and sometimes they burn quicker than you're expecting, and all of a sudden you're in, in one of the two ERs waiting to uh, have your hands stitched back together. So, I, again, I just urge people to be very cautious if you are going to play with them. Um, we've got professionals, uh, you know, we've got the Skyrockers in the area. They do a heck of a great show, and they always uh, seem to have a ramp up across the summer festival. So uh, just doing my safety thing and saying, everybody, please be safe. Please don't let your kids play with these things. And uh, certainly, uh, if, if you're sober and taking some advanced uh, risk in your life, uh, again, don't light your neighbor's car on fire. It's always kind of awkward when our investigators show up. Uh, speaking of awkward, that had to be kind of awkward for you last year, right? You had to tell the Skyrockers uh, we can't have a fireworks show, I think, right? Permits? Yeah, that wasn't anything to do with fireworks. Um, it was just uh, the pandemic and crowd management, so it was certainly unfortunate last year. I think um, I think everybody can kind of feel the, uh, the energy in the air. Everybody's excited that we're getting back on with some festivals and things coming up this summer and fall. And uh, I know the Skyrockers are back in action. I've signed some permits. So they do a great job, uh, very professional, very safe. And uh, I'm usually out there watching them. So last year, there's about 101 things that were terrible last year. So. <laughs> right. Um, when it comes to fireworks, uh, do they shoot them off Granddad Bluff on the 4th of July, too? Or is that just New Year's? Um, I'm not certain what they're doing this year, so I don't want to miss uh, represent or advertise. I'm okay. sure as it gets closer, they'll be doing their advertising thing. Again, I'm just stressing uh, people... Uh, the average citizen out on the street, fireworks within the city of La Crosse are illegal. And even if you're out in other communities where uh, they don't have ordinances on that, uh, just urging everybody in listening range to just just be careful. We see a lot of foolish accidents, and uh, we just don't want to see anybody get hurt, ultimately. Do the police take the brunt of those calls uh, uh, during Fourth of July with, with you know, nuisance, the neighbors being mad? Or do you guys end up having to go to a lot of those as well to kind of figure out and tell people to stop? I think it's whoever's closest to the incident. You know, as we see things, we deal with it. If if people are, uh, you know, if people are doing really dumb things and they're and uh, we uh, send law enforcement or fire over to it, we can ticket. And uh, you know, nobody wants to ruin a celebration. Where it's uh, it's always I've always kind of laughed about. It. It's like we're celebrating our independence from Britain. And uh, let's go light light a bunch of fireworks off and blow my fingers off. So just. Again, I don't want to beat it up too much tonight. We always take a beating over this. I'm just, well, I, I've got I, facts and data and statistics on my side. I'm just encouraging everybody, if you're going to uh, you're going to break the law, at least please be careful. Well, and that, just my, my thing with the Grandad Bluff, it, it feels like it's been pretty dry. So the idea of shooting fireworks off the bluff into the, you know, below the woods there, I don't, you, you guys must just be on alert at, at that time then. Yeah, I think uh, if we get someone going in the summer, it's more likely to be over the river. I'm not. Uh, I'm not personally in tune with their plan. It's just totally up for the fourth. And yeah. uh, we've got uh, a couple of captains that work with them frequently to do all the inspections and work with them. So we'll let them release their details. But uh, yeah, it's certainly dry. I know we've been fortunate to catch a, a few days of rain here recently. There a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, getting pretty bad. But uh, just um, 
Yeah, shooting fireworks off at the bluffs or out into farm fields, it has some uh, pretty heavy consequences once in a while. That's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. He's going to join us uh, the bottom half of this hour, or the yeah, the bottom half of this hour. Uh, we got to stop for a minute here. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the the fire station plans, the law the 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 law enforcement center, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's not a law. The, what do you call that building? That thirty six million dollar building? Did you? If do we officially have? We're an not going to call it anything now. We're going to call it Dunzo. After the break, you're going to call it Dunzo. All right, we'll be back. Well, that's a good good. We'll we'll leave it at that. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 7579 is the talking text line. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam is joining me. Uh, we're gonna we're we're done doing firework talk. I just made you run around in circles uh, with your safety your safety talk there. Uh, we won't do that to anyone yeah, it's, listening it's tough anymore. I'm the safety nerd. I guess you know <laughs> my job. But I got to do it. And I know. I, you know the far end of it. I just I, I got in the business to save people and seeing them needlessly blown off fingers. It's not good. So. Yeah, and it, and well, well, we'll just move on because there are there are other issues at hand here. But the uh, let's just get this out of the way. The this week, I believe we we kind of squashed the idea that we were going to build like a police fire combo, um, thirty six million dollar police fire combo building, um, kind of where you want to put a station, right? Uh, well, yeah, so that, uh, you know, certainly a lot has happened um, with the economy and, and a lot of uh, different things over the last two years. Uh, that idea came up. It had a lot of support, uh, and uh, I was certainly in favor of, of discussing it. Some money was set aside to start some initial uh, you know, foray into looking at property acquisition and some design. As Chief Kudron from the police department and I really assessed it, We've got immediate needs in our facilities, both of us. Um, the police department, it, it's almost, uh, you know, an identical story to the, the fire stations with some of the gender equity and, and other issues with space. And as, as we really looked at it, um, that was a dream that's quite a few years down the road, you know, amassing that amount of money. And uh, in, in smaller chunks of money, we can do a lot more damage, re, you know, remodeling where we're currently at and, and getting some of the smaller structures built. So, um, you know, just looking at the myriad of things that lacrosse is facing, uh, we met with the mayor and uh, talked through it and uh, just decided to abandon that plan. I think uh, geographically, if if we do continue to move towards the fifth station on the south side of town, uh, we've, we've currently purchased property. We've got all the data to support it. Uh, the task force in 2018 supported it to council. Um, if we, as we get that going, what it actually wants to do with our property is station uh, one at Fifth and Market is actually drag it south down towards Jackson Street a little bit. So we're we're certainly looking at opportunities with uh, a couple businesses in that area and and, and that neighborhood that still needs a fire department. Uh, that being said, we got a few other more critical issues at hand right now with station two and station four, and uh, you know we're just going to look for opportunities over the next few years as, as uh, we get through these projects. With that, with that thirty-six million dollar building, wasn't it? I, I just say PP pre-pandemic. Did did we not buy some land? Wasn't it around a million dollars that we did obtain some properties around that area? No, we didn't. Uh, we we had heard that the uh, bowling alley by Station One was interested in selling. The Freedom Station was uh, up for grabs, and we uh, we started looking at that block. And as you look at a as you look at the footprint of the of the police department, and then adding a fire department on top of it, it's a it's a pretty sizable project. Uh, so it was like it was a great idea, but as we got into it, it just it became more problematic at that location. Uh, and then, like I said, the economic impacts of the pandemic. And I, I think listening to our folks, um, certainly we. I think at the chief level, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to get new stations built, and it's you know it's broad strategies looking years down the road. Meanwhile, we've got people working in these facilities that, that demanded change years ago, and I, I think we need to take some immediate action to to take care of some of those things. And that's what Chief Cudron decided to do with their existing space at the city hall. They're going to invest some money there to uh, rearrange some things, spread out a little bit into some spaces that were vacated during the pandemic, and. Uh, uh, it's just going to look a little bit different than we thought it was going to look two years ago when we started talking about the other the other opportunity. I just remember I remember we uh, we were joking about it because it was like the city set aside a million dollars and then we want to obtain these properties here, but those properties know exactly how much money you have set aside to obtain properties. So those properties would be like, um, how about a million dollars? And you're like, well, um, actually, yeah. you know. So there's no there's hardly any yeah. negotiating if it was going to get the, to that. It's the joys of uh, working in the in the public sector where everything is transparent. And you, you know, it's it, uh, it, it does have the tendency to get out of control and so on. So I, I think we're on a good track. I, I do think Chief Kudron's got a great uh, plan kind of formulating for getting some immediate resolve for the, the police officers that are in need. Uh, the fire department, we are still moving forward, uh, uh, remodeling Station 1 this summer and fall. Uh, Station 2 is uh, going to be being built on uh, La Crosse Street near UWL. And uh, we've got a pretty aggressive capital strategy into uh, 22-23 to get uh, get Station 4 back up on track on the north side after kind of the setbacks we, we saw with the historic designation of the old uh, station in the spring. So. When, when Mayor Mitch Reynolds was talking about getting elected and then elected, uh, we, we made the joke, because I know Mitch, he's, he's kind of a handyman himself. I was like, hey, if the, the fire department doesn't get this female locker room, are you just going to go over there and put it in yourself? Because he's done stuff like that in our studio not that we need a female locker room but he's built some stuff that we never could get done um uh where where are you at because that was part of the conversation this week the even the the police station doesn't really have a, a female facility uh whether it be a locker room or whatnot um that's still kind of the dilemma with you guys as well huh yeah i think you know i, I actually heard that show when uh, the mayor was on with you uh or the pre-mayor was on with you talking about that stuff and it's uh you want to grab a hammer and fix it right now, but then you realize there's about a hundred other projects that are equally or more deserving. So uh, it, it's a pretty broad project with a lot of the deferred maintenance that happened over the years with a lot of our city facilities. Uh, I think we got a lot of department heads scrambling to take advantage of opportunities. And, um, you know, I, city hall is getting, um, some makeover, everything from the council chamber areas and some of the security on the first floor uh, to the police department and, and then uh, out to the fire stations and some of the other uh, public facilities in town. So I, I think there's some good plans coming along. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's always about the money and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to be good stewards of the taxpayers' dollars, but at the same time, you know, these, these projects need to be done and they, they do cost some money. So. Does, do, how many, are there a lot of female firefighters at the city of La Crosse fire department? We currently have on the fire department, we have four sworn uh, firefighters and then four female employees as well. Okay. Because um, I, I, I should say, so we've got four female firefighters, excuse me, so four female firefighters and then also four uh, civilian uh, females that work in different uh, non-firefighting positions. Sure. Um, just every time I talk, I I, I'm, I'm, I end up, you know, what, whether it's fire pits or whatnot, I just, I haven't run across any of them yet. Um so we're talking about that might be a good interview sometime. I can I can for set sure. that up for you maybe. So. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, people want to hear. You know, we had that pilot from the Air Force in. Like people like that. Whoa, female pilot. That's awesome. Like she's flying the most expensive jet ever. So um, kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know if you have the. I, uh, I'm envious. That's all I can say. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
those were awesome planes. That was a she is a great person. So. Yeah, I didn't see were you I know I saw the fire department out at the air show just hanging out. I don't but I don't I didn't go over there. It was too hot for me to walk way over there to see if you were hanging out. Yeah, no, we had uh, we had some extra resources at the event. Actually, paid for uh, some extra fire protection and EMS capacity out there that we were managing. Uh, so on standby. Uh, fortunately, no major incidents occurred, and uh, it's just a great air show. Um, when happy. we talk when we talk about getting back to updating stuff, uh, you know, my bathroom, uh, your locker room, stuff like that. Uh, now building new fire stations. Uh, the 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 talk is always right now like the cost of lumber. I think the easiest one to go to is oh, wood costs a lot more. And um, do you what are what are your what are your people ta- uh, what discussions that you have with the idea? Hey, we want to build a lot of fire stations, but the, all these costs are are way up. Maybe we should. If your fire station's eighty plus years old, what's a couple more years, Ken? Yeah, I, I think you know certainly working with the building. Uh, Building contractors in town, like we do, from the inspection standpoint, we hear a lot from them, and then also working with our architectural group, um, the, the prices were skyrocketing. I, I'm hearing they're they're actually trending better now, um, and maybe a silver lining of some of the delays we saw this spring is that as we go off for bid, you know, six months later on some things, that maybe the cost will be a little uh, less steep. We're not going to know until we we go out for bid and see where it ultimately comes in at. So our our station one remodel project is going out for bid here in just a couple weeks, and then uh, we're still uh, moving fast and furious on designing the new station two. That'll probably be going out for bid somewhere around September, and we'll we'll kind of just see where it's at. I, I think if if all of the bids come in higher than the money we have, then we'll almost probably have to hit the pause button or, or you know figure something else out on reducing scope. Um, but in, until we get that number, there's, you know, it's kind of like worrying about something I can't control just yet. So we're going to keep pushing forward with design, and uh, hopefully the, uh, as the economy rebounds and they get all the, uh, the railways and the trucks moving again, the prices of lumber and, you know, shower fixtures will come down. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a big deal. You could always design the stuff and, and keep the design until, you know, it's ready to go. But uh, you did design the, the one fire department, and then they said, hey, we don't want to tear that one down. It's a historical site. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So we're we're regrouping up there. For any of the uh, Northside folks that are listening, um, we are uh, working. Uh, we've accepted bids. We're going to be raising the other properties around the fire station and at least getting the properties cleared so we're not dealing with long-range problems. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to get money into the 2022 capital budget uh, so that we can back on track with, with building that station as well. It's still a critical need. Everybody's sick of hearing me talk about it. Um, but we'll, um, we're, we'll end up probably with a two-story station on the other side of the alley from the old station. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what is to become of the old station. The, the planning department's going to ultimately work on that and, and put out requests for proposals for it. But we're going we're gonna to regroup. Right now we're going to get the two projects that were approved for done, and then we'll circle back around to that one. And I'm hoping that uh, uh, into 2022 we'll be breaking ground if council can uh, secure the funds to get it for us. So, um, I'm getting a text here. This is a little fireworky here, Ken, but uh, with with the drought, uh, are we going to be allowed to – It's it's a kind of a – difficult to read to do fireworks displays this weekend i guess people should be a little bit cautious if they're doing fireworks because it's kind of dry out there yeah it's very dry and uh i can certainly have uh, my fire marshal assistant chief snyder uh follow up on that i'm not sure exactly where we're at is it, is it you know we're still a little ways off from the fourth of july festivities 
Um, right, right now, you know, we've had very little rain, a lot of brown grass out there, and, and a lot of our people live closer to that kind of a wild and urban interface where you're next to larger areas of farmland or whatever. I, I'd, I'd urge extreme caution right now. Uh, getting a grass fire or a bluff site fire going would be really bad. So just kind of use common sense. But we'll definitely be pushing some uh, social media and, and different media alerts out as, uh, as the fireworks season ramps up and as, uh, as the conditions continue to change over the next couple of weeks. Now, as the fire chief of Lacrosse, are you a burn the marshmallow completely to a crisp guy, or just lightly brown? Uh, my legal three by three bonfire using just good clean wood from nature and not the treated two by fours and stuff. Yeah, I love to sit around the bonfire. Uh, I I am more of the uh, probably the more toasty burnt marshmallow, but I've mastered. I can cook it at all levels for the different uh, levels of my family members and stuff. So. What what other other but, some? Yeah, I, I like to torch them. I eat all the black ones. It's cool. You know, it's cool. <laughs> and then, what else are you throwing on uh, on the fire? To, like hot dogs on a stick? I don't know. Are you more? Are, are you a, a grill out guy? What kind? Are you just like any old guy? Not a big hot dog guy, but no, I don't. Uh, no, I, I like I like a good barbecue, like anybody, a little brisket or whatever. But uh, just. Uh, now, I'm not too much over an open fire unless I'm out of the campground or something. So Now, when you go to a – if you're hosting a barbecue or you go to a barbecue, as the fire chief, do you automatically get asked to run the grill or do you defer that? Because I would imagine that you pull rank on – you could pull rank on anybody for running a grill. No, nah, I hate cooking. Uh, it's why I'm married to a wonderful woman who loves cooking. Uh, so I, I don't grill too much, and I, I would never uh, take over a grill. I, I'm more on fire safety standby in case somebody catches himself on fire. I got that covered. So, so you don't do the, the there's a fire and the and the, the grill's on fire. You don't go. No, I'm off duty right now. That you guys are gonna have to take care of that yourself. No, nah, I think uh, most firefighters are never off duty. If you're driving down the road, you see somebody in trouble. We're pretty good for pulling over and helping folks. And uh, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't ever really take time off from being fire chief. So it's the safety stuff's going on. I you see enough tragedy over the course of your career, you know, on really preventable things, and it, it sticks with you. So. Uh, just a couple minutes here, and then oh, number three's calling in. We're gonna bring number three on. You know who he likes to grill you here. So uh, number three, you're on the air with Fire Chief Gun Gilliam. Go ahead. I was listening to you two guys talking. You're doing a pretty good job. All right, thanks. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering. Um, I see where we want to give Holman fire protection of the city from the city of La Crosse. I was wondering how we can send up a million dollars worth of equipment and four to eight guys. Uh, how are you going to come about charging them for something like this so the taxpayer in the city of La Crosse don't have to pay for it? I can speak to that. Um, thanks, number three. Uh, the uh, we are in the final phase is really in negotiations. Uh, the uh, Holman Area Fire Department, made up of three different communities, has reached out to us initially to just uh, write on the uh, Wisconsin Policy Forum that came out in December, looking at shared regional services. Uh, so what we've negotiated to date is just an administrative agreement that essentially uh, puts us in charge of the fire department to work with the board and, and develop some long-range strategies to help them uh, get some additional staffing in and use some of the expertise that La Crosse Fire Department has um, to help them get over some hurdles with the growth of their uh, communities up there. Long-range and to the concerns of us dumping all of the La Crosse fire engines to go up to home, and that, that's not happening. Uh, we've always had mutual aid agreements, or at least for the last probably 10, 20 years, had mutual aid agreements that are non, non-costing either direction. 
Uh, right now, we do auto aid with Holman where we send one fire engine up. Uh, likewise, if we have something going on, they send a fire engine down. So um, it's uh, operationally, we're still writing on our mutual aid agreements and just helping out neighbors. We do monitor that and track it. Uh, it's it's not really as bad as everybody thinks, and um, it's uh, it's about being a good neighbor, and it's about just helping a, a, a smaller fire department uh, with some growth curve that they got behind them. So we're certainly going to be respective of, of the taxpayers of La Crosse, and we don't want to lose any ground on a lot of the great benchmarks that we've made with our accreditation and, and our service to this community. All right, last thing, Ken. I'm just gonna just real quick the timeline of fire stations that you want to be want built. Which one's going first? Uh, station two, brand new station two at Lacrosse and Oakland next to a UWL. Okay. And then what's, what's that, that's the, breaking around this fall at some point and hopefully it'll be done before the snow flies in 2022 if all goes well. All right. And then what's second, uh, station four on the North side, right up where the old station is, uh, across the alley and the properties that we've acquired. And uh, we'll be working into design on that or redesign on that this fall. If council comes through with the money for uh, 2022, we'll be going out for bid early in 2022 and uh, getting back on track with that one. And then uh, three, there's five of these. There, there would be five. So what's number three? Uh, the next one down is a, a question of money and still some council priorities. Uh, so where it's at right now is Station Five on the south end, um, down in Mormon Cooley and 33rd. We've uh, acquired property down there for a small station. Uh, we've reached out to the town of Shelby to see if they'd be interested in at least partnering or doing something on a shared station there to help them with their uh, or antiquated facility that they're also trying to upgrade. Um, no answer on that yet, but I think uh, as, as the growth continues to the south end and as you look at our call volume on the south end, uh, we've got data and a, you know, a task force report to support uh, building a, that station number five down on the south end of town. And is there a number four? Yeah, next one up would be station number three. Uh, we've got some uh, remodel plans there, so we're not trying to build them all new. Uh, we do have a, a, a plan uh, to uh, pretty much gut that station and add on a couple of extra bays and do what we need to do there for space and facilities. Uh, one unique opportunity is the Kmart development. We've uh, we've been in communication with that group for a couple of years now. If, if they do get kind of a grand plan going there on the old Kmart site, we're still in a good position where we could uh, enter into a public-private type of deal and end up with a new fire station uh, where maybe it isn't the city taken out alone. Maybe it'll be built into that development, you know, structure there. So uh, timing on that is good, you know, a year or two out to see what happens with Kmart. But we'll either be at our current location there across from Central Remodeling or a new station over by Kmart. And then the final station is uh, Station 1, which we're doing a very uh, – a significant remodel on our bathrooms and locker rooms and, and uh, bunk rooms this summer. Uh, it was really set up to be a, kind of a 10-year remodel to get all these other projects done. Down the road, if all these other things fall into place, the, the GIS modeling wants Station 1 to drop down uh, south of Jackson Street, kind of on that third, fourth Jackson split, and uh, kind of see what happens there with different properties and different opportunities uh, with some things that are going on. And then, that's a little ways down the road, so I'm not going to nail the block down just yet to inflate all the property prices. And that's that's five stations. So there's we don't want a sixth station. I thought, right? I think if uh, if you want to look probably ten, fifteen years down the road, uh, on Alaska and Lacrosse both need a station out by the mall. Uh, on Alaska has talked about potentially doing a second station. Uh, we've got our contract with Madari, and uh, the funds being earned by the Madari contract are actually sitting in a in a special account to hold for future fire station construction. 
And I think uh, probably well after my time, there will be enough money there, and, and maybe Lacrosse and Alaska can uh, figure something out to uh, do some sort of joint facility out around that I ninety uh, area by the mall. I, I think there's a tremendous amount of development and. Uh, People sitting out there with not the same protection as you look at the map. A lot of our stations are, you know, driven by where the town built up on the river. And uh, as we look at all that industry out there, and, and certainly a lot of residential neighborhoods, we need to get a station out there someday. I don't think any of us can afford to do that one on our own. So it's truly going to be a partnership effort out there. All right, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Thanks a lot. Hey, look, you got all that down. That's a uh, down pat. Thanks a lot. Four years. I got, I've, uh, I got to figure it out. We just got to find the money and uh, we'll get her done. So thanks for having me on. All right, we'll see you later. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to have UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski on. I'm pretty sure tomorrow. I really confirmed that. I just, at this point, I kind of expect him to come on, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he might be busy. I don't know. Friday night. We'll see what happens.